It's incredible the IT friends that we have in the house that are able to get that voiceover and get it all happening as if we're in the 1940s, 50s, which is great. But welcome again if you're new here. This isn't the norm for True North Church, but we do value the, the builders in the house and this generation that is able to bring such a depth and a richness to us as a body of believers. So we are embracing it this year, uh, no, this today, today, this Sunday, and um, we're going to lean into that. But what we are looking at, this is a kickoff of um, the wisdom of the ages, and we're going to look at four different generations across the coming weeks, and um, today being that builders generation, but next week then we're going to um, lean into um, the boomers generation. This is 1946 to 1964. Who are the boomers in the house? Um, what I, yes, this is good. Um, but what I'm realising this, that the boomers generally, this is what I heard from the, the first um, service, most likely not you lot, but they're all loving the hymns, they're recognising the hymns, but they can't see the hymn book because they've left their glasses at home. This is what the, this is what the boomers, I, I'm noticing, Jeff and Dawn, and there's a few others there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then we're going to have fun next week, and I believe, um, boomers, tell me if I'm right, was the boomers a generation where in church you would have the males singing, then the females singing, and then they had certain parts they would sing? Is this right? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm going to be excited for that next week. Chris, can we make sure that happens? Um, I'm not sure if you've got any sway there, but um, that would be great. And then um, the week after that, week three is Gen X. That is my generation, the 40s and the 50-year-olds. Um, I am on celebration week this week. I have wedding anniversary tomorrow, 24 years. Birthday on... Yeah, right. Um, birthday on Saturday, then Mother's Day, and then that's it for the entire year. All happens in six days for me, and then that's it. I don't know how I planned that, but anyhow, the wedding I had control over, nothing else. And then we go week four with the millennials, um, which is 1980 to 1994. There's a few young ones here today. Are they in? Oh, no. No, no, no. They missed that as altogether, don't they? Millennials? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here they are. This is a squad just here. I was looking at Owen and that, but I should know this. Oh, and yeah, for Fiona. She's young. Uh, which is great. But what we'd love to do this morning, if you're a builder in the house, that means you are born before 1945. I would love if you could stand. We want to honour you this morning. Is there anyone in the house before 1945? Look at this. Stand up, be loud and be proud because your generation... What we, what we see in this generation, you can sit down. Thank you so much because... What we see in this generation is a generation, if you haven't spoken to any of these people, I would say, um, I'm not sure what that potluck dinner is looking like outside there, but it was really good at the first service. It may have all gone. Um, but what this generation brings, if you haven't spoken to them, is a lot of wisdom and discernment and understanding that our other generations don't necessarily have, we haven't lived out and therefore we haven't grasped that as much as this generation. So I'd encourage every, each one of us, to have a coffee, have a chat, learn and glean from these um, uh, builders in the house because they have a lot to give and a lot to share and there's a lot that we can understand from them. And we're going to unpack that, we're going to look at that across all these generations over the coming weeks, what we see that for each one of them, as they're born in, into this era, into the different eras and the generations, what they live through, what they've born into, what they have experienced helps us other generations. So this is a across these four weeks where we see the body, 
being able to learn from one another, be able to understand one another. And as a result, we are better for it. So we're excited for that. We're going to lean into that. And all that to say that whilst we unpack the generations, um, we were talking through that, Phil and Dean and myself this week, and we're unpacking actually the Gen Xs, and which I'm one of. And um, I'm like, I don't resonate with any of that. And so all that to say... I probably resonate more with the builders, um, being a little bit older, no, not really. But um, all that to say that as we're pulling out these gems from these generations, it's not to lock anyone in the box, but just to say these are some of the values we see, these are some of, some of the things that, that we can pull out and learn as a body of believers. So we're going to do that. A bit of fun, a bit of um, what was happening in, the, in 19... I don't know what year this was, actually. In the time of the builders, this is the Prime Minister. This is um, President Robert Menzies. Menzies. Um, Prime Minister Robert Menzies. I got it right in the first one. I don't know why I said that. But anyhow, here we go. Kick it off. And then here, what's this, people? Now, you can just preach for me, um, all the builders in the house. So this is a radio for all the young people. Um, you know Spotify, we like just click on that button. No, not for these guys. They tune it in. You've got to get, um, you know, the um, frequency right, and you've got to turn that knob and get it going to hear Sinatra. He was like, you know, who enjoyed the, the smooth jazz coming into the place this morning? Um, I saw Leslie Maiden really enjoying it. It was a big smile on your face as you walked into this place. I noticed that. Um, listening to the favourite tunes of the day. Roller scout. Oh, there you go. Gone with the wind. Who still loves this movie? There was quite a... Yeah, it's quite popular. It's really held its ground. Roller skates and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. It stayed strong, right? This morning, actually... Um, and roller skate. This is how they travelled. No, not really. <laughs> this is one of their fun things. Um, today, there's scooters and electronic hoverboards. And no, not hoverboards, but all sorts of things. But what they did live through, what this, um, the builder generation went through and experienced was um, the Great Depression and also World War II. That they were born in an era where, you know, they experienced this firsthand. Something that we can't even understand or grasp what they were to live through um, for this generation. And as a, as a part of that, what we see, um, some of the results of who these people are, is that they are loyal, they are hardworking, they are frugal, they are patriotic, they are cautious, and they are privates. Some people would even say that these are the silent generation, um, shaped by what they've experienced, shaped by what they were born into and the era of which they grew up in. So this morning, we're going to pull out some gold from this generation and through the scriptures see um, what, what are some of the things that we can learn, that we can understand, that God can speak to each one of us as we, um, we pull out these different things from this generation. And number one is contentment. That this is a generation that out of all of them, they are untouched by consumerism. That they knew what it looked like to be content, that they knew that um, despite the lack, despite the plenty, that they were a content people, that they lived through all sorts of hardship, all sorts of experiences, they would have seen the world change in so many ways, but through all the highs, through all the lows, through everything in between, that they are a people that when we look at them, they are content. 
And what is the goal that we can pull out of that? As a people that, you know, there's so many things that come at us in, in our world. How does it look like for us to live in, live in a content state? How does that look like for us to be able to embody that for us, us as believers? And as we do that this morning, we're going to look at that in Philippians. And for any builders in the house, would you have read from King James? King James Version, yeah. So we're going to do that today, and then I'm also going to read from another version so we can actually understand what I've said. Um, so we'll, we'll go both ways. We'll go both ways and um, pull it out. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. <laughs> Is that how we say that? <laughs> That's good. Confirmation there, great from the front row. Um, so anyhow, we'll read that again. Verse 11, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This generation understood what it looked like, despite the external circumstances, despite whether there is a lot or nothing at all, that there's one thing that they remained strong to was the strength of Christ Jesus in their life. That they were content in that, that that was enough for them, despite what is on their table, despite what they had, what they were living through, through all the seasons, that there is this steadiness that comes, this strength that is in them, this resilience that they have as a result of being content in Christ Jesus. I remember a story that Jeff's mum would share of his Omar and Opa, his grandparents in Holland, that as they were, they were living through that during World War II, that Germans had occupied Holland, that there wasn't the freedom necessarily go to one suburb to the next or crossing borders, there'd have to be checks and all these sorts of things in place. Freedom was um, limited in that and there was a lack of food. There wasn't a lot around um, during this time. And Jeff's mum shares the story of um, her dad, Jeff's opa, saying that during this time he was selling tractors. And so he had connections and relationships with farmers and, and therefore out of that connection, out of that relationship, that they were able to get produce from the farm, that they were, they were given in exchange of, you know, whatever he was doing for them, that they would have uh, plenty of produce, plenty of stuff given from the farmers. And as a result of that, Jeff's mum vividly remembers and tells a story of her mum from morning to night, constantly being able to um, cook and feed many people. There was always a line of people coming out of the door as a result of people just not having enough food or not having any food. So this was a generation where we see that they were content in what they had and what they had they stewarded well. And this contentment that came from a heart of gratitude that even though they may have received just one bowl of soup or one piece of bread or something in their lives, that they were grateful for it, that they were grateful for the little things that they had in their lives as a result of living through this era where there wasn't a lot, there wasn't plentiful of everything, but they were very grateful for what they actually had. And that wasn't always necessarily a lot. When we look at that, it could be like just a bit of bread or whatever. 
And so for us today, in a world where we have plenty, and so often we feel not content and not grateful. So what does it look like for us to um, lean and glean into this idea that these, these builder generation grasp and they, they apply to their lives this idea that they were content no matter what. That they, were, they, they knew of the Lord, the Jesus Christ that gave them strength. That through every season of hardship and hard times, there was an anchor of Christ Jesus in their lives. That we see this in this generation, one of these great lessons for us where these builders can bring to the body of Christ what it means to be content in all seasons. And for us today, we, we get to um, learn from that, we get to lean into that. Well, there's this idea of where do we sit today? And those external circumstances that sometimes can keep us unsettled. What does it look like for us to be content and know of the one that strengthens us? And number two is stewardship. This is a generation that is described as loyal. They are loyal to their family, loyal to work, loyal to God. That they always showed up for their family and they were loyal to them. I know of a story, and I remember of a story with um, my dad, who um, was born in 1935, that um, as a teenager, I was working at Mulberry Farm, you know, scraping and cleaning all those pots to all parts of the morning, sometimes finish at one, two o'clock in the morning, and he, he always was there. There was never a moment, there was never a time where I thought, I wonder if dad would show up, that he was always there, and he was always there half an hour early, in fact waiting for us. He, this generation knew what it looked like to be loyal and to show up to family. They knew what it looked like to be loyal and to be faithful to God, to be faithful to their work, to be faithful in everything that they did, that they were loyal to what they'd done. And um, in this scripture here, we see in Colossians 3, verses 23 to 24, that describes this. And we'll just go NIV. Uh, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. That this generation knew that stewardship begins with recognizing that everything has come from God and everything they did, they did it unto God. This idea that when they went to work, they were doing that unto God. It wasn't necessarily their bosses. It wasn't necessarily um, the people in front of them. But they grasped and understood this, this um, truth in Scripture that they were doing and they were working according to God, that they were working for God, that they were in that place where they were loyal, they were showing up, and they were getting things done, not because of um, people or man, but because of who they served and what, because of their faith that they lived out, that they stewarded that well. And they have this, this heart and this resilience in them to steward what God has given to them. A story, and I'm not sure if it was Jeff's mum or if it was just a random story, but um, heard of this generation that with tea bags, that they would make a cup of tea and then they would um, peg it out on the line and dry it. And then they would make another cup of tea, right? They knew how to steward things well. That in our generation... That we'll quickly just go down to Kmart and buy a new blanket if the other one's um, not working for us or it's got a stain or something. But this generation knew how to steward what has been given to them and steward that well, make the most of it, 
to be able to um, have that extend as far as they can. The vegetables that we're giving, how can, I, how can I make soup that will make that go further than what it actually would normally do? That they stewarded things well. And for each one of us here this morning, that what does that look like for us to steward what God has given us, steward what God has put in our hands well, that um, it may not be a lot or it may be a lot, but either way, what does it look like for us to steward what he has placed in our hands, to do that unto God, to be able to live out every aspect of our life that stewards what God has placed in our hands. I was reading an article this week and it was talking about the builder's generation and just with their tithes and offerings, um, they were talking about this builder's generation as being a generation that was transformational givers versus transactional givers. And what they were talking about in that moment is this generation understood the concept of the relationship with God and it was that that actually defined how they gave. It was that, um, that connection, that relationship with God that um, transformed how they give and what they gave to. That in their, their, every aspect of their life, they were able to give out of that response because they knew of a God that was at work in their lives. As opposed to the transactional giving, which is also, it's okay, there's nothing wrong with it, but they just concept of what they understood was that they were always giving consistently because God is always in their life. And they were always um, showing up, being a part of what God was doing because of this relationship that they had with him. As opposed to transactional giving where there might be some great campaign to go and paint the nursery and who's going to give to that. Now that's all good and well, but I think what, I, what we see in this generation is that week in and week in it didn't matter to them because what they're giving into is this um, relationship that they had with God. And they have with God. And that didn't change. And therefore, they were consistent in what they did through their stewarding of their finances. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is a standout attribute to this generation. That we see that they are faithful in all that they do. That they show up they are faithful to the body of believers if we we talked and if we had an interview now with one of the builders in this house today that over the year of maybe attendance of church how many times would you have missed church I bet you we could count it on our hands because this is a generation that was faithful and is faithful to the body of believers that every Sunday matters to them because one they're coming to meet with God and number two they're coming to meet with people that they are faithful to the body of believers and that enriches us as a body of believers because we get to encounter, we get to rub shoulders with them, we get to get, hear and impart wisdom from them. That we see this um, generation that is faithful and they always show up. In Lamentations um, 3, 22 to 24, it says, It is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed, because his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great and beyond measure is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion and my inheritance, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him and wait expectantly for him. This faithfulness flows out of recognizing who God is and living out of that in their lives. 
that they, we see that through um, how they show up at church. We see that how they've grown through the seasons of um, what they have experienced in the era of um, during World War II and through the, the Depression, that we see no matter what is happening, that they are faithful to God and they show up in those places, that they are, um, they are faithful to the believers and it flows out of this place of um, their view of God, that their view of God is that they honour God as king, that they honour him as king. That is their, their view of God. And in Chronicles, we see um, that in 29 to 12, it talks about the riches and honour come from you. And you are the ruler of everything. Power and might are in your hand. And it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Has anyone remembered that um, growing up that you had to wear your Sunday best to church? That when you, yeah, <laughs> we all remember this. I remember as a child when um, we are going to Sunday school that my mum had an outfit or the dress or the shoes where you're only allowed to wear it on a Sunday. You couldn't wear it any other day because any other day is going to make it scuffed up and it's going to not look nice and you have to show up well to church on a Sunday. And we were talking about that with Dean and Phil this week. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I had the same. And I remember um, talking to, Dean was saying to his grandma, and he's like, why do I have to wear this clothes? Why do I have to dress up just to go to church? And her response was this, because you are going to see the king. You are going to see the king. That whilst that may not be necessarily represented in what we wear, but I see this in the heart of the builder generation. That when they come to church, their heart and their expression is that I am going to see the king. That I am showing up this morning to meet and to encounter the king. To encounter my God. That this generation doesn't just waltz in and it's like, oh, what am I going to get today? But it's external from them. But how am I going to encounter my king? That for each one of us this morning, that as we walk into this place every Sunday, what does it look like as we walk into this place? How do we walk in wanting to meet with King Jesus? What does that look like for each one of us to show up in this place and lay aside everything that we need and everything that we want and all the things that are going in our lives to say, actually, do you know what? I've come into this place to encounter my King to be able to give him honour, to give him praise and to worship him. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And as we wrap up this morning, we're going to share this story of um, Christian Thomas, no, Thomas Chisholm, <laughs> who wrote this great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And he writes this hymn, an ordinary guy. He had... Um, encountered Jesus when he was 36 years old, 26 years old, 36 he enters ministry and then he becomes ill and has to leave after a year. He then goes on to get an office job as an insurance agent and he writes something like 1,200 poems and a few um, hymns that we sing today and his story and this is what he says. My income has not been large at any time due to my impaired health in the earlier years which has followed me until now. 
Although he said, I must not fail to record the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and that he has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care, for which I am filled with astonishing greatness. That this morning, gratefulness, that this morning, that as we, we're going to stand this morning and what we, we get to be a part of and what we get to have the opportunity to apply to our own lives is some of these things that these builder generation grasp, that they live out, that they know of God. And I'd love to pray for us and then we're going to sing that um, great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for, Lord, this builder generation. Lord, the, um, the rich and the depth and the faithfulness, Lord, that they bring to this body of believers. And Heavenly Father, for each one of us here, we pray, Lord God, that as we walk out this faith journey of ours, that, Lord, that this contentment, this gratitude, this stewardship, this faithfulness, Lord God, that we would grasp and understand and embody those things in our own lives. That by your Spirit, Lord God, that um, we would glimpse and have a revelation, Lord, that as we come in on a Sunday, that we come to encounter the King, that we come to glorify your name, that we come to gather, Lord God, to lift up the mighty name of our Saviour that Jesus, that we pray that there would be a resounding depth and um, in our lives, Lord God, that goes beyond what we need, Lord God, but beyond, Lord God, all those things that come in our lives to say that, Jesus, we want more of you, that we desire a faithfulness that is strong, that we desire, Lord God, to encounter the strength of Jesus Christ, that through every season, no matter what goes on, that we would not waver in our faith, but we would stay firm and true to who, who, who you are, God. You are never changing. You are always consistent. That, God, you are always with us. That great is thy faithfulness. Heavenly Father, I pray that um, in our lives that we would um, know a bit more about who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing.